Today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, oh goodness, it's a killer episode today. Oh, it's, it's actually good. I'm on eggshells the whole time because people are nuts and I'm trying to wrangle cats. But for people that are listening, it's going to be awesome for you. Um, let's see. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. Um... You've heard that before, and I agree with the relationship people, but I'm also, you know, not ridiculous enough to understand if people want to know my religion, I, I could just tell them Christian. That's what everyone wants to know. That's what they mean. That's the point. So unless you're just, like, focusing on relationship to absurd proportions, yes, it is a relationship between God and man and Christ who you have fellowship and communion with. It is very much a relationship. However, the religion is Christianity. So sometimes, instead of explaining all this, if people are like, oh, are you a religious person? I just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm Christian. That's what they mean. You don't want to go always go into, like, if they ask a follow-up, be like, oh, well, it's actually not about a religion and religiosity. It's not, you know, it's more about a relationship and communion with God. Anyway, that's the first point. That's only the first point. Um, I know you're going to hell. <laughs> Thankfully, we walked that back, but there's no shortage of people on internet forums who, it's like, you know, I'm reading the book of Proverbs again. It's been a while. And for these live conversations and podcasts, it's so appropriate to to apply, especially like Proverbs 15, 16, 17 that I was in today, um, to these conversations that are always happening. Because it's all about relationships and interaction and foolish people and wise people and soft answers, cancel wrath and things like this. Um, and, you know, haughty spirits stir up strife. I mean, that that's we should make that like our our constitution for Christian forums because that's all dealing with people and like heated tempers and energy. So, um, you know, it starts off nice enough and then one person says something they don't like and you just keep going up the scale of escalation until you've got like Christians, like, you know, atheists, like threatening, like Christians are like, you know, goading them like, oh, you think I'm going to go to hell? Why don't you just pray for it? And you've got Christians like, you know, on live YouTube channels, like praying that atheists burn in hell. I'm like, guys, do you... Escalated kind of quickly, right? So don't do that. Um, all right. Unelected babies go to hell. Not my point, <laughs> but um, you'll hear. So we revisit the, you know, do aborted babies, do dead babies. Um, what does original sin have on the bearing of their soul? Do all babies get a free pass into heaven? If so, why don't we just, you know, smother all babies? Don't do that. Don't smother babies. Let them live. Um, so ultimately, the Bible is pretty silent. There's some evidence and some clues, but it's all in the hands of a God. So whoever is the fair and just arbiter, God is the best one to do this. So uh, most people, the prevailing thought is babies will go to heaven. Um, and then, well, you'll just have to hear for the rest um, for the other positions, which, by the way, no one is saying all babies go to hell. It's more like a, the Bible is relatively silent. So if this, then that or if this, then because this. But no, babies are good. Um, all right. Christian death match. Remember all that stuff I said about Proverbs? <laughs> Forget it. Everyone else did. Um, except like two people. So, um, if you want to hear the difference between, uh, I don't even know, man. It's like Calvinism, the day of resurrection, when is Passover. Like there's just like a con contagious spirit, uh, between some people going on and on. And, um, the, the opposite, like a masterclass on what not to do after you've read Proverbs is this. But I mean, to be fair, I read it. They didn't. So, anyways, um, what day was Jesus crucified on? Um, well, get out your jots and tittles, you Pharisees, um, Christian Pharisees, uh, because there is uh, another, the Christian death match continues into, was it a Wednesday? Was it a Thursday? Was it a Friday? Uh, does Sunday mean Sunday? Does Sunday mean Sundays? Does Sunday mean lunar noondays? 
So uh, anyway, grab your popcorn. It's a fun one. Uh, check out the Ask a Christian podcast everywhere podcasts are available. And check out the Ask a Christian book, despite my best efforts today, to learn how to promote civil and reasonable uh, discussion amongst, well, today was Christians, but against non-believers primarily. Um, even though, you know, I think people dialed it back in the end and they're like, oh, you're right, you're not right, you're right. I'm I'm right. The Bible's right. Um, anyways, we shouldn't be so hot-headed. Um, so the book will give insight on how to kind of disarm uh, aggressive people using a lot of the stuff from Proverbs and the rest of the Bible and how to have a civil conversation explain what you believe and why you believe it um, to people that have a real big bone to pick with Christianity. Um, also, check out the Ask a Christian store where you can get merchandise to inspire conversations just like you're going to hear today. So if you want to be part of that, buy a shirt, uh, wear it around. If you don't want to be part of that, but want to support our ministry and this podcast, Taking the Gospel to the Internet, um, then you can just click on the very first link and support us through, uh, you know, PayPal or whatever. That would be awesome, too. Um, share this podcast link. That is also a big help. So prayers. <laughs> Give us all the prayer you can. That's free. Um, and, uh, yes, share these links for the podcast with anyone you may know who has questions uh, about Christianity or would like to learn a little bit more. And have an awesome Wednesday, and we'll see you tomorrow. Um, yes. Goodbye. So, um, let's see one thing that continues to bother me about religious folk. <laughs> uh, right. That'll get people. Like on Facebook. On, on Facebook, yeah. On, yeah, share it. <laughs> but what's wrong with religious people? They're crazy. That'll, that'll get some people to come in. It, it's the whole relationship versus religion, right? I it's so that. obnoxious when people are like, oh, what religion are you? Like, Oh, I thought you were a Christian. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. I'm like, I'm someone who agrees with that. It is a relationship. It's not a, a religion in the sense that, you know, you have to do all this ritual stuff. But it's like, you know, when someone asks you what time it is, instead of telling them about with God, the first cause mover, there is no time. And God is outside of time. And time is a construct, you know, in the paradigm of the Christian worldview. Bro, at a certain point, just be like, it's 310. The time is 310. <laughs> so, you know, in the same way, it's like when people say it's a relationship, it's not a religion. I'm like, look, I'm someone that gets that, right? It is a relationship. It's between God and man. It's reconciliation. It's eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. That is it. And it's this communion. It's this relationship. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. And if you open the door, you know, the father and I will come in and have fellowship with you. Like it is very much a relationship. However, when people say, hey, uh, you know, if something goes wrong in your hospital surgery, what religion would you like the, the uh, clergy to be? What religion would you like the chaplain to be who comes and sees you? Like, are you going to be like, oh, well, it's actually relationship and blah, blah, just, just say Christian. Just say Christian. <laughs> Nate, so I have a peculiar perspective on this. I've actually been on a campaign, and when I say campaign, I'm using that loosely, and also it's a pun because of our two seconds ago political conversation, but I've been on a campaign maybe for the last two years in my, you know, spare time to redeem the word religion. I think religion has got a bad rap because people have heard so many times, you know, that saying, and of course, because we're bandwagoners to the max, and that's not just in the Christian community, but especially in the Christian community, somebody says something that we think is Facebookable, tweetable, TikTokable, we're going to take it a run with it without fully understanding the context or the ramifications of those statements, right? So it's like one person said it somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s. It's not about religion, it's relationship. And now 
that's like the thing. That's why people don't go to church on Sundays and instead, you know, or fellowship with any community of believers and they just read the Bible for themselves because it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And, and that's why they don't follow the do's and don'ts and the thou shalt not because it's whatever you feel because it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And then I always ask people in these conversations, define religion. And you know what they can't do? Define religion. Because when you go to Webster or Oxford Dictionary, Google it right now, everyone. Religion is simply a system of beliefs and practices. We've made it like the devil's cousin. We've made it legalism. But there is a distinction between legalism, which is the over uh, um, the of rituals, and we've conflated legalism spirits that was never mentioned in the bible religious spirits there's a the bible never says anything about a religious spirit in fact what the bible would call the pharisees are legalists as in they are over dependent overly dependent on their rituals and practices as the agents or methods of their salvation rather than seeing their salvation as from god which is even not the way you were supposed to interact with the law Ask David, who always said that his salvation came from the Lord. So legalism is one thing, and we've made religion and legalism interchangeable and synonymous when religion simply means a system of beliefs or practices. It doesn't mean rules and regulations. It doesn't mean do's and don'ts. It's just a system of beliefs and practices that interact with each other. This, and we've done the same thing with the, the word philosophy. We've made philosophy some really bad thing when philosophy is just a system of ideas that interact with each other. And this is what I tell people. My religion is my relationship, and my relationship is my religion. Right? My relationship I mean, I think... with God. It, it, but it, it, I guess I, not to be too long-winded, Nate, but when you think about religion as a system of beliefs and practices, well, we do have beliefs and practices. And we're not legalistic about those beliefs and practices, which makes us not legalists. But we are religious. And the Bible says that it's, that good religion is okay. That part. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think the last thing you said that, you know, your religion is your relationship and relationship is a religion. I like that. And, you know, I, I, I guess I haven't had the experience like people that say it's a relationship and then use that as a license to, you know, slack off and do whatever. Uh, my experience is usually you know, like how I would say it, like if someone's like, Hey, is it a relationship or religion? I'd be like, okay. So for what you're actually asking, it's a religion. Yes. Christian. But the way I view that is very relational, just like you're saying. Um, so religion is a relationship, but you know, I would be someone that will, you know, Jesus says, look, if, if you want to appeal to a relationship, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments do what he says. So it doesn't mean, you know, say it's a relationship and then, you know, phone in the relationship. <laughs> like that wouldn't work very well in a, in a relationship with like your spouse or someone like that. Um, you know, so you, you, commune okay during you know relationships so if you love jesus you will keep his commandments do what he says read your bible do what it says um so in, in my experience it's not that they the people i i usually hear that from are using it as a way to slack off it's usually just annoying because they like will die on that hill it's like it's not a religion it's a relationship jesus christ lives inside of my heart i'm like okay well you're saying the right things but it's really obnoxious like you know pick pick a better hill to die on like you know being a martyr for christ like an I mean, actual you know, hill to die on for Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying run out and try to get yourself martyred, but I mean, you know, that would be the right time to die on that hill. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully it won't happen, but you know, if it does.
But no, that's uh, well, most <laughs> of the most of the times that I hear it, boss. It's like it's you know, if you're telling somebody, hey, as a Christian, you probably shouldn't be doing this. You probably shouldn't be doing that. Well, that sounds what what it really ends up being is I want a I want to hone in on the relationship so I don't have to follow any kind of rules or set any kind of boundaries. So like I, I can do anything because you know I understand my identity in Christ and I'm free in Christ. I'm free in Jesus, so that means I'm free to do whatever I want. And they don't understand that as like, not just being free like from not read the Bible, but free. Because if they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if they're free from not reading the Bible, you know, but if they're going to read the Bible, I mean, you know, they'll see real quick, which is just like all the people that, like, you know, the Israelite cults or whatever that want to come in here and that be like, oh, you say you're free, you can do whatever you want. Well, read the rest of the Bible. It says don't use this freedom of sin. So it's like, yeah, well, you know, you can do technically whatever you want, but because you can do technically whatever you want, because you're free in Christ, you will not do, you know, whatever evil thing you want. So if what you want is, you know, to, to follow after Christ and do this you know, you're a new creation. So, you know, do what your new heart uh, compels you to do, which is follow Christ. Then yes, you're technically free to do whatever you want. And it's like, well, you can murder, right? If I wanted to, but I don't want to. So it, it, it's almost, it sounds like a catch 22, but it's really not. It just takes people. It's like, you know, the religion and relationship people, it takes people to be reasonable and not ridiculous to be like, if someone says, Oh, what's your religion? I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, a Christian versus if a Christian's like, what's your, what, you know, who do you follow? And I'm like, uh, well, I'm a Christian. Is that what you mean? They're like, oh, well, don't you think it's a relationship? I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. It is a relationship, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it, it takes someone to be reasonable in the same way that if, if they're going to say, um, uh, you know, you can, you're free to do whatever you want, but whatever you want is to do the things God calls you to do. So instead of being equally obstinate about that, be like, oh, you say you can do whatever you want. You should be like murdering people, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, don't be unreasonable on this point. If you're reasonable at the other point, it's like, follow the Christian. This is our religion. We can tell you, you know, what we believe. And you can also read the Bible because it says the same thing. It's like, don't use your freedom to become slaves of sin again, but, uh, you know, follow Christ. Uh, Michael, what's up? Uh, not too much. Um, I, I find myself agreeing with a good deal of what, well, I wasn't concentrating on which apostle was talking, but with what uh, apostle was, was saying. Um, in no particular order. Like, I think one of the things he said about uh, philosophy is true. I think there are some that have particularly present on this app that have weaponized philosophy in a really useless way. Um, so I, I agree with that. Um, I also think it's, I think also think one of the things interesting that he said about, you know, the whole kind of definition of religion. Um, but unfortunately, religion is, particularly Christianity, is is descriptive in that way, but it's also prescriptive. And so I, I think that that's something that shouldn't be um, kind of put aside. I, I also think it's uh, one of the things that's interesting is people talk about, you know, the relationship and, and stuff like that and kind of the bad rap as he started out talking about, you know, the bad rap that religion has gotten. Um, and mm, a lot of that is is uh, is well deserved, unfortunately. When you have uh, groups of people, like for example, um, Christopher Hitchens talked about this in one of the discussions he was doing once he. Um, this was after um, Hurricane Katrina, devastated devastated in uh, New Orleans. Um, there there were there were a couple of you know uh, you know kind of infamous televangelists, um, and while they may not speak for uh, all Christians. 
they do use their their soapbox to speak for Christianity. Um, said that uh, I, I forget which one it was, but basically kind of paraphrased. You know, you know, God, you know, judged that area, right? They, they, this was a judgment that was cast, and he he he, you know, in his rhetorical uh, uh, ironic humor, pointed out that the red light district was the only uh, uh, portion of New Orleans that wasn't uh, put under feet of water, which made the whole idea of a kind of judgment kind of interesting. Um, well, I mean, if we, but, yeah. but maybe that's enough for me to, to start out with this morning. Well, welcome, Michael. Good to see you. And I, I would say, um, well, a couple of things. Uh, one, um, you made some, some good points um, that I'd, I'd like to counterpoint if I can remember that far. Um, so, First of all, if we start talking about, you know, different people who speak for whether they actually represent a group or not, um, they certainly have, you know, risen to prominence enough to be pointed out by, you know, the other side or the opponent to single them out. So in that situation, I would say, Michael, I will um, I will see the Christian cult members and the people in the New Orleans thing you're talking about and Westboro Baptist Church, and I will raise you one Pol Pot, Hitler and Stalin. Okay, um, now we can move on because <laughs> everyone's got bad people. Um, whether they should be or truly reflect their own side of you know, secular humanism, atheism, Christianity, Islam, whatever, everyone's got bad people. Um, and whether or not they really represent them or the true ones of those people, they're associated with them. And you're not really able to distinguish yourself other than trying to argue against it. Um, but interesting about the red light district, right? Which would kind of go against the point these people were talking about, but I don't really care about them either. Um, but, you know, all throughout the Bible, like you see, you know, Jesus really has a, a heart for these people who aren't like religious. They, they are sinners. Right. So it's, it's I mean, look at like, you know, Mary Magdalene and, you know, these other people who probably would have been hanging out near the red light district. And instead of Jesus showing up, like, you know, ringing down hellfire and all this stuff, um, it's like, you know, he shows up. He's like, repent, believe the gospel, gospel. There's a better way. They recognize there's a better way. They change their lives. They follow him. They don't continue doing the stuff that, you know, they shouldn't be doing. I mean, at least they recognize they shouldn't be doing it and they stop it and they follow Christ, which is the whole point. It's like, look, you don't you don't judge and condemn these people. You tell them the gospel. And for the ones that recognize it, they will come out and follow and they will repent and believe the gospel and change it. Um, so I wonder if the reason the red light district wasn't flooded is because it was a lot of Mary Magdalene's. Um, who, I don't know, maybe they've like seen the error of their ways and repented and lots of them follow Christ now. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Versus the ones who may have been at, like, you know, certain churches or like, you know, picket lines or, you know, thought they were very religious and pious, um, who are the ones that Jesus really had a lot of not nice things to say about, like the religious people and the Pharisees and like, you know, the I'm so great, look how holy I am. And um, those were the ones Jesus had like the biggest problem with. I mean, ultimately, you know, for the unrepentant person, who are like, no, red light district for life, yellow, and they just never change, well, then, you know, it's not going to be great for them. But the ones who, you know, don't think they're a great person already and know there's some stuff going on and they recognize that, believe the gospel, repent, and follow Christ, um, that's what the whole Bible's about. Welcome, Father Chris. What say you? It's like Nineveh. Charles said, he had a, uh, Charles said in the chat that he had his hand up too. Nate. I know. With the love of Christ, I'm trying to annoy, uh, ignore it a little bit because we have enough speakers. And Charles, I, I appreciate what you say sometimes, but man, you talk forever. I know that sounds funny because I just talked forever, but you know, my room. So um, 
I apologize, but yeah, I, I, as long as we have speakers, like I'd like to keep it kind of short and or kind of you know small crowd. All right, if um, I may, if but stick around because as people drop off, I'll I'll bring up new people. So I don't mean to offend you, Charles, but um, yes, Sam. Mr. Hitchens, in his ignorance of the Bible, spoke the truth because judgment does begin at the house of God because we don't have a delinquent spiritual father. And he knows exactly what it takes to move us in a particular direction. We don't know exactly how the sway of those events that happened in the world move the church. But we do know that our father's hand is most definitely behind it. So not a problem. If I may, I want to read um, Galatians uh, 5, 19-21. I'm reading on the New King James. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you before, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When, when we hear this, hear these verses, hear, hear these verses, we know for of for a fact that there are some things we just cannot practice because our goal is the kingdom of God. And when it's all said and done, our goal is to be part of the kingdom. Thank you. Sure, and a lot of, like, I've been reading Proverbs, that's, like, where I am right now, and, like, especially, like, 15, 16, 17, I think 18, like, it has so much to deal with, like, human relationships and how people, like, you know, talk and communicate with each other, and, uh, I mean, man, it's like an armchair psychiatrist thousands of years ago, so, I mean, it, it, it's crazy, because it's been a long time since I've read Proverbs, but to read how, how apropos that is for today, I mean, for all time, like, there's some things that are never change. And it's how to deal with people, which is what we're talking about, like right now, how to get along with people um, and how to you know, communicate in a way that you know, doesn't compromise, but also doesn't start fights. Like you can you can easily, uh, you know, talk. Like it, I mean, you know, it's a point sometimes I'll joke about it, but it actually works. Like, you know, when people are like, oh, just tell me the truth. What do Christians believe? I'm like, well, look, um, I believe without Jesus, without being born again, you will die and burn like a fire forever. I'm like, that's just what I believe. So unless you want me to lie to you, which I'm not going to do, um, that's it. And most times they're like, okay, well, I don't believe that. I think you're wrong, but I appreciate you for telling me. Versus if someone like, you know, gets on the yelling and screaming, like, you know, it inevitably escalates to where they're like, oh, fine, you think I'm going to hell? They're like, yeah, you're going to burn in hell. They're like, why don't you pray I go to hell? And then you've got like Christians like, you know, praying on YouTube or whatever for people to burn in hell forever. I'm like, wow, that escalated very quickly. Um, so anyways, I think Proverbs has a lot to, to, to do um, and offer good advice about how to just talk to people. Uh, and also what you said, Sean. Thanks. Well, yeah, I think it's hey. interesting. There are there are lots of um, believers, of different faith traditions on this app that I interact with. Um, and there are there are some that are more uh, Christ-like, certainly, than others. Um, and and that's just you know evident in the, in the in the way they interact with people right and I, I, if you remember uh nate um i'm gonna put this on you because again it's 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 your uh, it's your show um but if you could go back and find that uh find that uh, day where you roy and i went through pro that book in proverbs 
oh, that yeah. could be um, that could be interesting because that, that that gives an, a few interesting points as to how someone who doesn't believe um, looks at some of the things in Proverbs. I, I can't remember. It, it was months and months ago now. But um, but yeah, maybe you can maybe you can find that and link that somewhere. Uh, gee, the chances of me being able to find that, I don't know. Um, I mean, if anyone wants that challenge, it's in one of the podcasts. <laughs> I think there's like 200 episodes. Um, but yeah, but I mean, surely I, I, I don't even remember the part in Proverbs, but I know there was like some different ways and there were some disagreements because um, someone was kind of like overtly Christian. But like in this case, it would be like um, like the stuff I was reading. I mean, you know, it's like a gentle answer turns away wrath, but, you know, harsh words make people mad. Like I think most people would be like, oh, OK, well, generally speaking, yes, if someone gives you, you know, piss and vinegar and you respond with like kind words, not like, oh, bless your heart, meaning I hate you. But like, you know, actually like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, I will I will try to, you know, correct this problem and do better. Like instead of, you know, them be like, ah, they're more likely to be like, oh, uh, OK, that's all I wanted. I think most of us can agree to that versus, you know, yeah. like the bless you heart, all hateful like. Um, that's got to get people to be like, oh, yeah, bless your heart, too. And then, like, chase you with a bat or something. Yeah, no, no, it's no, that's exactly right. And you can um, it, it's like you can tell, you know, you can see videos and stuff like that on YouTube of, you know, people who work in the customer service field. And um, I, I said it was this one video I saw several several weeks ago, and it was basically uh, much like that. Right. The you know, the kind of bless your heart and what they're what they're really meaning by that, especially from their from their tone. Uh, the same way someone in, you know in the customer service field will look at someone and tell them to have a nice day, right? In a way, in in a way where they really, really, obviously don't mean have a nice day. Um, so yeah, I get that. Um, but yeah, I I think it's I think one of the things that uh, that I find interesting, and I, I I'm kind of uh, recalling some of the conversation we had about proverbs, and that is that you know you know while there while there is some of it that is um, uh, I guess you I think to use your words overtly uh, or specifically. Uh, Christian, um, you can take a, you know, you, you, you can take a kind of any of those verses uh, and look at it through um, my lens, for example, and, and, and be, and, and be just fine with it. So I think it's all in how, I think in all, all in how it's, it, it's approached. And like I said, there are, you know, like, like you said uh, a few minutes ago, you know, what do you believe? This is what I believe. I've never had I've never had a problem, you know, with with people, you know, sharing what it is that they believe. I I sometimes uh, am troubled from a from a human perspective that people aren't more troubled by the things that they believe when they look at their when they look at their fellow people and think, yeah, this person is, you know, destined for this, this thing. Um, but that's still much kinder than like some of the words I've had said to me, like I have had people say on this app to me, uh, after a short interaction, um, basically we're you know, having a short conversation. And then the person's response to me was, I can tell by talking to you that you were made for the fire. And yeah, that's rough. yeah like that's like, you know, like, you know, it's like, and and all I could think to myself was how Christian of you, um, you know that 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 you would think something like that, um, you know because you know by by certain you know by like um, like if I were to take what Chris may think for a second, right, um, you know, and if someone was you know like from a Calvinist perspective, 
who knows when. And I think Chris would have to uh, would have to admit this, that it that it might be possible that in you know a period of time before I die, that I, quote unquote, see the light. Right. And so, you know, but for these other people to be casting such, you know, uh, you know, such uh, things uh, onto another person uh, might be a little bit um, risky. Right. From, from a Christian perspective to say, oh, you know, I can tell you're made for the fight. You know, you know, like I know this. I know that I could be could be tr- could be um, troublesome. It's well, it's foolish, which Proverbs also has a lot to say about that. So, you know, tell him some rando dude on the Internet named Nate said, hey, read Proverbs. Um, and, and it's about you. The foolish part. Read that. Some guy named Nate says that. But yeah, I mean, there's no way to know. Right. Because first of all, the, I mean, they don't know. So, no, they cannot tell you were made by the fire. Um, and, you know, even if uh, even if you are <laughs> going to be in the fire, let's hope not. But that doesn't mean they they knew they were right. It just means that's how it happened. They have no idea. They're not omniscient. They don't know this stuff. So it would be interesting, uh, you know, when, because I, I believe in you, buddy, um, you see the light and convert that, uh, you know, you, you see these people in heaven unless, you know, <laughs> they were not truly saved. And then, you know, that that is extra rough. Um, but yeah, um, Father Chris, any words of wisdom about that? By the way, that does not mean my PTR. That is AI-generated swole pope, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost as good as puffy coat. AI is getting crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, anyway, um, Stanley, what's up, man? If you're speaking, Stanley, three, two, Father Chris. I- Somebody. I'm here. All right. What's up? Yeah. Um, just to add to what uh, Michael was saying, um, I'm one of the Christians who would say that, uh, according to my interaction with Michael, because I've debated them in the past. Well, um, I tried. I'm sorry? I said, well, I tried. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I've debated them in the past. And uh, from my interaction, I see that um, that a person who is persistent in his uh, disobedience or his rebellion is destined for the fire. Because from my debate I had with him on morality of God, I noticed that most of his arguments that he was presenting, he was not even, uh, he showed himself to be ignorant on the claims he was making. So when a person is ignorant or is trying desperately to... um, come with a narrative that is not consistent with the Hebrew scriptures to justify his rebellion, that shows me that he is not, he's showing a lack of integrity. For instance, uh, he was arguing for slavery in the Bible and did not challenge them to substantiate his claim. And he responded by saying, oh, I'm not a scholar, so I don't, I can't really defend the claims I'm making. So I'm like, okay, so you're atheist because supposedly there's slavery in the Bible or because the Bible condones slavery, and then I challenge you on Leviticus 25, and what you do is say, oh, uh, well, according to Dr. Joshua Bowen, there is slavery. So if you're depending on somebody else for your claims, and you yourself, you're not, you're not able to argue for the claims you're making, what is that supposed to show me? That shows me that you are looking for an excuse. Well, so two things real quick. Um, I mean, I'm going to let Michael respond, um, but, you know, I guess let this room serve as case study. You've got uh, all sides represented. Um, but for me, I, I couldn't say, you know, I mean, if someone persists, 
I mean, I'd say like persist to death. So like if they're not dead, they haven't persisted in, you know, whatever sin or evil or bad hard enough because they're still alive. So, you know, maybe that's maybe that's crazy me. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, until the moment of, of death, you take your last breath, uh, you have, you know, you have a hope uh, to come to repentance. But, Michael, your name was invoked. So I would like to encourage everyone to be as civil as possible, even though you were just told you're going to burn in hell forever. Uh, but please respond, Michael. Well, that's OK. When you my experience has been when when you look. When you look through the lens of revisionist history. Um, hinted through your own beliefs, uh, you're going to see precisely what it is you want to see. So anyone can go back and uh, and see the interaction between Stanley and I. It's on Jefferson Spatchcock's channel. Uh, probably wouldn't take you long to find it. Uh, I but guarantee I'm, I'm, I will not do that. <laughs> um, but you you can you can find that interaction. Uh, it was a hellacious train wreck. Um, but that's for different reasons, and I don't think anything. And and yeah, I I certainly don't. Um, I I judge individuals. I don't judge groups of people. So you know, it's like um like I I have said openly. You know there. Are, uh, there are there are many Americans who I who I love, but I'm not but I don't really like America that much. Um, and I would say that, you know, there are many Christians of whom I am fond, though I am not a friend of Christianity. So I, I can uh, I can walk and chew gum at the same time and I can certainly differentiate between people who are worth the time of interaction and those who aren't. How's that for a Canadian response? Man, that, was that was great. Can I can I respond great. to that? Can can I respond? Can I do a quick response uh, yeah. to that? So I want to say, can versus should. Should I? <laughs> because Michael is my friend. Uh, yeah, Sam and then Stanley. Go ahead, Sam. Thank you. And Thank you. Said it first. And I'm, and I'm a Christian. And yeah, I have, I'm a pastor. Uh, I think Nate said I could go, and then I, no, I no, 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 no. Hang on. I, I said I think I heard Sam first, so I say Sam and then Stanley. I have been treated with the utmost respect and kindness. Uh, by Michael, uh, and and when I say that, I'm saying with differing views, with with uh, an effort to see each other's point of view, and not come away from the discourse as enemies, but as fellow human beings uh, trapped on this blue marble together, having not ever seen God either of us. Uh, it, to me, it is it is a lack of understanding of the love of God to have a conversation with a person and 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 surmise that you are fitted for hell when you don't know what God is going to do with the soul of the man. I rest. Yeah, no, Pastor. Simple. Yeah, okay, uh, Pastor. Um, it says in Proverbs four, lean, uh, Proverbs three, lean not on your own understanding, but on all things fear the Lord and keep His commandments. So I don't lean on my own understanding when I come to, to judgment. Um, it says also in the Proverbs, since there was a reference to Proverbs, uh, beware of those who flatter you because they lay a trap. So the purpose of flattery, according to uh, when you deal with Satan, who is a agent of deception, you got to beware. Uh, not because they have kind words for you, that means they're your friends. 
in other words, um, when you're attacking Christianity, you're attacking my God. And if you're attacking my God, you're attacking me. That's why David said in Psalm 68, uh, 69, he says, I hate those who hate you. So any personal attack on God is a personal attack on me. No, sir. So I'm just going to finalize. Pastor, I'm just going to finalize, and you can add your two cents to it. The point is, and it's great that Michael gave a reference uh, to go watch the debate. I have no problems with that. Go ahead and watch the debate. Um, you will notice that a person that had so much vigor and so much passion uh, in the claims he was making, and when you start challenging the person on the claims he's making, and he cannot support or substantiate the claims, that shows me that you're only repeating what you heard. You didn't do your own. Because if you're quoting, for example, Leviticus 25 to claim this slavery in the Bible. And you're quoting Leviticus, uh, Leviticus, uh, Leviticus 25, verse 45 to 46 or 47. Then I say, what about verse 48 or verse 35? And you know nothing about that? What does that show me? That you didn't read Leviticus 25. What you did is you're repeating the same argument that you've heard multiple times. And how is that supposed to show me that you're uh, being honest with the verses that you're proposing? or using as a reference point. That so doesn't show me integrity. Someone... That, sho that shows me, I'm, I'm finalizing, that shows me a lack of integrity. So yes, go ahead, please watch the debate where I challenged Mr. on Levit uh, Leviticus 25 on the su supposed claim of slavery. The same person that claimed that God sent bears and I sh asked him, show me what it says, God sent the bears. He can provide the, the information. So that shows me a lack of integrity on his part. So that's the so, reason why I say that um, it's all good to say that you believe that God is bad because of these supposed claims, and this is the reason why you're an atheist. But once you get corrected on that, if you don't accept reproof, then that shows me that you are on your tending or you're moving towards a path of destruction. So that's the reason why I said um, he is, um, he's being led towards the fire because he's not willing to accept reproof. That's my point. Okay. Well, I think I heard different things. Like if I was just, and I have no real stake in this fight, um, except I met you the other day and I liked your seventh day argument and, you know, I've known Michael for a while and I like him as a person. Um, so I like to think I'm sort of neutral party, but based on what you said, you ended by saying, so based on that, he's being led on a path to the lake of fire. And I would say, well, yeah, I would agree. And he would agree. Like, you know, even though he didn't believe our Christian beliefs, he would say, well, you know, as it's written, then he would say he's being led on a lake of fire or led on a path to fire. But that's not what it sounded like you opened with, which is like, well, you know, I, I know that, what was it? Whenever you said you talked to some Christians, Michael, that say, I know you're going to, to hell or whatever. And then you chimed in Stanley and said, well, I would be one of those people. So it went from knowing, which I would disagree with, because I'd say we don't know, to where you just ended, which I think we would all agree with, which he is being led that way. And I'd say, well, well, sure. I think even he would agree that based on, you know, what we tell him our beliefs are. Um, so there's that. Um, so, I mean, I guess if that's where you, and then also you, you equated a uh, lack of integrity. So like, you know, just assuming it is a lack of integrity. If that's, if that's the basis for saying he would be, which you walked back, um, firewood for hell. Well, I'd say, I don't know that I could automatically say if someone was, unintegrous about one point 
that is equated with hellfire. I'd say, you know, that's not great. That's not a good personality trait. Again, not saying whether he did or not, but we're just saying for this example, he did. Um, and he didn't show integrity. Well, I mean, yeah, I would have a hard time pronouncing eternal hellfire based on just that. Uh, but then you kind of walked back at the end and said, which is why you believe he's being led that way. And I'd say, well, sure. Um, and also the last thing is, you know, innocent as doves, but wise as serpents. Right. So I, like, I'm just a kind of a cautious person in general, but it doesn't mean we have to treat everyone like, you know, we're Knights Templar and they're, you know, not, um, which may be a personality thing. It's my job. So, I mean, well, yeah, that's Chris's job. So, I mean, it may be a personality thing, but, you know, I could be friendly while also, you know, having my guard up against someone. Like, if there is someone that I'm like, oh, great, this guy's a serial killer. Well, I guess I better hit 911 real quick and, uh, you know, have a lighthearted conversation until they hopefully hurry up and show up. Um, instead of being like, you're going to jail, you're going to jail, bye, call the cops and probably get yourself murdered. I'd be like, okay, well, I can still be polite um, and, you know, hope the cops get here really fast before he does something bad. Maybe that's a bad example, but I think you know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's, that's my assessment. Father Chris, would you like to speak now? <laughs> I was just going to say. Thank, you, thank, thank like you for the correction, things. Nate. Thank you for the correction. You're, you're right. I shouldn't say I know because I'm not God. I'm not on the throne. So you're right about that. So let me uh, re uh, recalibrate my, my position. Uh, he is being led towards it. So you're right about that. Can Thank you, you. Can you maybe address Michael directly and apologize? That part. That's the part I'm talking about. Okay, I, I could apologize for saying um, I don't know that he's going towards hell. No, not But here. I'm saying not, all the signs, all the signs are showing. I'm going to finalize. I'm going to finalize. I'm the one apologizing, right? So I can apologize for saying I know he goes, he's going to hell. But it seems to me from every interaction I've seen Mr. Michael here in, uh, he's definitely being led towards the hellfire because he doesn't accept reproof and he's still making the same false claims. So by that, I could say he is being led towards the fire. And thank you very much for the correction, Nate. I shouldn't have said I know because only God knows. You're right. So uh, let, let, me, let me try something and I'm, and I'm going to rest. Every, every believer uh, uh, that's on this platform that wasn't vehemently opposed to God at some point in your life, blink your mic. Every person born is born into a flesh that is resistant to God. Every human born has to come to an understanding. Listen, by the grace of God. And Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, that the world through me might be saved. But if people are already condemned, when we add condemnation to them, that's not helping them at all. So... And I'll say this, Stanley, you should apologize directly. You shouldn't say him. You should say, Michael, I'm sorry for saying what I did. Sam, I, I, I greatly appreciate you, you saying what you said. Um, I, I, I had to kind of fight back the giggles. Um, I, one of the things that I'll, I'll tell people commonly in my, my daily life is when you, when you qualify an apology, it nullifies said apology. Um, but but and and but that's okay. It, it it truly is. I will sleep just fine uh, tonight, uh, regardless of what was said. All right. um, I, I would. I, but th I guess the last thing I'd say is, um, uh, my friend, our friend, um, Josh Bowen, is in the audience, and uh, he sent me a message uh, that he's he's not able to come and um, dismantle uh, Stanley uh, on stage this morning, but. Um, he he did uh, he did give me uh, a link 
and if you if you go to YouTube, there's a there's a YouTube channel uh, YouTube channel called Deep Drinks, which um, I I was unaware of until just a moment ago. Uh, and there's a there's a panel discussion there on biblical slavery with um, with a lot of people that Stanley isn't uh, scholars. Uh, Kip Davis, uh, Doctor Kip Davis, uh, Doctor uh, Matthew Monger, our friend Doctor Josh, uh, Doctor Dan McClellan, and Doctor Jennifer Bird. So if if you want to get a you know kind of a scholarly perspective on it. Then that would be something. I'm not, I'm not expecting it to to change people's minds necessarily, um, but but if you you know if you want to hear what uh, what scholars in the you know in those specific fields have to say, it's a good place to it, it's a good place to go. But anyway, that's that's enough. Michael, can you can oh. you put that link in the chat, please? Oh yeah. Um, you know, I will I attempt. I will attempt to... to do that. Yeah, one second. So on one hand, I'll say, you know, that's kumbaya enough, kumbaya enough. I'll take it before it goes goes south. But this reminded me whenever you're like, if you qualify it, not not against you, Stanley, because I'm just reminded of, you know, other people that take it way farther. Like, oh, look, I'm sorry if you're too stupid to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, not, no one here was doing that. Uh, to that no, no, no problem, mate. Uh, just uh, um, add a little... Uh, I want to get content. to Cameron before he leaves. Yeah, you know, no a bad problem. habit nope. of talking too long and then other people leave. Um, but yeah, the, the more this goes on, the less apologetic it's going to sound. Guarantee. Doesn't make me a prophet, though. Uh, Cameron, what's up? If you're speaking. Yeah, I put it in the chat, Chris. Yeah, what's up, Cameron? Yeah, hey, I just had days. a quick question a about Sorry, Cameron, um, I, infants. Sorry, Father Chris is over-talking. Sorry, oh, my God. I, just, I was just trying to clarify michael is there a part one because you sent the part two that happens in three days yeah i think there's two links give me a sec uh yes cameron yeah so i i just been a christian since december so I, i'm still in the process of studying things of that nature um i just had a quick question about uh do children go to hell because from my understanding you know we all have the original sin from adam right so does that mean that babies can go to hell as well? No. So no one is going to be, I'm trying to preempt this before someone puts their foot in their mouth. No one is going to absolutely know. The two views are, I think the prevailing view is no. Kids who, who or anyone that doesn't have the capability to understand or something, uh, a tribute to the grace of God, who knows. But based on, you know, David uh, saying that he was going to, you know, he was sure he was going to see his son again. Um, and some other things like, you know, I knew you before you were formed in the womb. Um, so there are some passages people use and the prevailing thought is based on these passages, people that don't have, you know, an understanding and they don't know what they're doing, even though they somehow may be born into original sin, which just means they're, they have a propensity to sin. So if they're too young to even know or do anything about that, um, that means the prevailing thought is babies and people that don't have the capacity to understand or know what they're doing, they go to heaven. Um, however, if there was a baby that ended up in hell, that would be because God is sovereign. He knows everything. So if we take the emotion out of it and stop looking at them as little cute baby babies um, and start looking at them the way God would see them, like their entire life laid out before him, like everything they ever have done or ever would done or their full life to completion. At that point, it's just like any other adult. So if uh, while I don't think most of us believe any babies go to hell, if there were a time babies went to hell. It would be because God sees their full existence laid before him from beginning to end, even though they're like two months old. 
Um, he, you, you may as well be talking about an 80 year old man. Um, those are the two thoughts. Anyone that says they absolutely know, I will say either they are ignorant or lying because the Bible is just not that clear. Uh, I'd like to add a little something uh, to that if it's possible. Uh, I, I agree with you uh, if they're too young, uh, there's the age of uh, accountability. And we have uh, an example of uh, the children uh, in the wilderness with their parents who were rebelling against God and they were saying, uh, all our children are, is going to die in the wilderness. And uh, God's response was, uh, I'm going to see that these children make it to the uh, promised land. So if you see uh, the experience in the wilderness and entering the promised land as a precursor or uh, a parallel between the experience in the, Israel, uh, in the wilderness and the uh, experience that we're having to enter the gates of heaven, then we can see that those children uh, who did enter the promised land were seen as justified, even though they had the sin nature, but they didn't commit sin. Because having a sin nature does not equate to being sinful. So um, again, if you don't, if they didn't reach the age of accountability, they will enter the, uh, the kingdom and be taught in the new kingdom to come by those who did uh, walk with in, uh, integrity. So I, I believe my God is just, and he would not judge people who were not accountable for their actions. As it says in scripture, and Paul says, God winks at the ignorance of his people. So if you're ignorant of what God wants you to do, there's no reason why he should judge you. So, and uh, you can see- is, is, it, is, it, is it okay to read the words of Jesus in this conversation? Uh, hang on one second. I want to just keep Cameron in the loop in the loops since he asked. But yes, we will defer to uh, Jesus via you in just a moment. Uh, Cameron, uh, what do you think so far before Pastor Sam reads what he wants to read? Are you no, with us yeah. or did that? Yeah, I want to just uh, understand. Because um, at the, I guess the only caveat, and at the end of the day, I do understand that God is one who is sovereign and just. So his decision to send a baby to hell, hypothetically, I have no issue with that. So I guess the follow-up question would be, what would be the age of accountability? I guess that would vary dependent on the person. I mean, some 13-year-olds have the capability of murdering people, and some 30-year-olds have the mental capacity of a 13-year-old, so they don't deal with Down syndrome. There's a lot of caveats here. So I well, guess you would just if... say, oh, you can go ahead. Well, I was going to say, well, let's see if that's addressed in what Pastor Sam's going to read. Uh, but I would say oh, yeah. God knows the heart. So, I mean, yes, you know, I, yeah. I think I think two year olds know right from wrong. But does that equate to eternal damnation and, and right and wrong in the context of sin? Um, I don't know. Pastor Sam, go ahead, please. Matthew 19, verse 14. But Jesus said, suffer little children and forbid them not to come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and he departed. So it doesn't sound like Jesus. Uh, uh, is condemning children to me, and like 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 Nate said, in the end, God knows the heart. But that right there, that's in the text. It doesn't sound like it. Good point. I I concur. Okay, okay. So let's let's not all get ahead of ourselves here. Okay, first of all, original sin is imputed to us as sin. Okay, so. Every human being is already in a state of spiritual deadness when they are born. That is Romans 5.12. So, is God just? Yes. Do children die? Yes. 
What happens to them? We have no idea. The age of accountability is not taught in scripture. Your question, Cameron, is an excellent question. What is the age of accountability? Like it just, it's a doctrine that is put forth by people who, uh, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody here, but it is a doctrine put forth by people who misunderstand the character and nature of God. The, God is sovereign. His sovereign right is that every single person goes to hell. And then he chooses some to save out of that number and passes over the others. Is God 100% just? Yes. Is he 100% loving? Yes. What does that mean for children who die? We don't know. If the age of accountability doctrine were 100% true, then the doctrine that would be taught by all Christians would be to put a pillow over the face of every single baby so that they go to heaven. And obviously people don't do that. So they really, A, they don't truly believe it. And B, they, uh, you know, are getting this from some strange sense of a theology that is simply not in the scripture. Um, I'd like to. Well, that. let's stop just a second before we, you know, go drowning babies. That, that's kind of like the case, you know, an atheist would commonly make to uh, pro-life pro Christians um, from the pro-choice standpoint. They're like, well, you know, why don't you just want abortions across the line because you think that all Christians, all these, you know, aborted babies would go to heaven. I'm like, okay, well, let's not straw minute. So let's put some water on that uh, brush pile. Because first of all, it's not just about their individual salvation from our standpoint, from the outside looking in. It's like, we don't know God's plan. We don't want to play God. Elijah, when he wanted to die, he prayed for God to kill him, but he had the good sense not to take his own life. Otherwise, he could just like throw himself down a cliff. Um, so there must be a reason for that in Kings, was it? First Kings. And so it's like, well, if we just go around aborting everyone, even if we really believe, which most do, that these babies will go to heaven, there's good reasons for not wanting all babies aborted. What if they are the next, you know, uh, person who's going to be the missionary and take the gospel to a tribe that's going to reach thousands and thousands of people? Well, if they're aborted, they may go to heaven, but then thousands and thousands of other people would go to hell. So we're not God, so I don't think we should play God. So, I mean, there are good arguments for why you would not want to snuff out every kid. And that was that was a little weird with the pillowcase, Chris. I don't know if you've thought about that. Maybe, um, I, I don't know. Um, but um, there are good reasons other than they don't really believe it. Um, okay, Stanley, you were going to say something? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to address that. Uh, as far as uh, going to human traditions, it seems more like uh, Chris is going, uh, adheres to a Calvinist standpoint, which is not a Christ uh, Christian uh Perspective. Um, pardon, pardon me. <laughs> are, are, are shots fired. Shots fired. Do you it really seems want to me that, 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 that it seems. I, I said it really seems. I didn't seem. say I know. No, no, no. See, I didn't use no, the word no. I know. I said wait, I, it seems to me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just said that Calvinism is not a Christian perspective. Yeah, I'm that gonna, is what you I, said. Yeah, I'm going to address that. Uh, I, I just. Oh, that was, okay. that was my little caveat. Are you sure you want to do this? Because yeah, all right. Let's do it. All right, Chris. All right. All right, make some notes, Chris. Let's let the guy talk and try to try to. I'm just gonna moderate. Um, everyone, get your popcorn. So I don't know. Keep, try to keep it to like two minutes, so we don't have to keep cutting you guys off. Yeah, so, it's right, gonna Stanley, take less. Go for it's, it. gonna, it's gonna take less than two minutes. Yes, it sounds like you are coming from a Calvinist perspective, and that is human tradition, not uh, the Christian perspective. So as far as your uh, objection to the um, age of accountability, well, again, I gave the example of the children in the wilderness, where the parents were saying. 
uh, you brought us here in the wilderness to die with our children. And God said, uh, those children who did not know the difference between good and evil will make it to the promised land. And since that is a prefigure of uh, the Christian walk, us making it to the promised land, which is what? Heaven. Um, any children who have not reached the age of accountability, knowing the difference between good and evil, will automatically make it to the uh, uh uh, uh, the kingdom to come. I'll give you another example. Isaiah 7 speaks about Messiah saying, uh, until he knows the difference between good and evil. So even Messiah didn't, uh, uh, wasn't, um, um, wasn't uh, judged for any actions before he knew the difference between uh, good and evil. So to somehow suggest that um, there is no um, uh, reference point to uh, the age of accountability in, in the Hebrew scriptures is quite problematic. And I already said, Paul says, uh, he winks at the ignorance of his people Israel. And finally, uh, to somehow suggest that um, you, you stated, um, what did he say? He said something about, he said something about, oh, you said something about that the sin nature equals sin. You'll find that nowhere because sin is the breaking of the commandments of God. So if you don't know about the commandments of God, you cannot be held responsible for sin since you don't know what is right and wrong. Again, re uh, referring back to what God says about Messiah until he knows, until he knows to choose good and evil. So that's what you need to address. And again, I finalize by saying Calvinism is not Christianity. Thank you. All right, Chris. I mean, bring the pain. That, was just a, that was just a bunch of word salad. I was trying to take notes, but he didn't. He, the only point he actually made was that somehow vaguely in the Old Testament, there's some type of age of accountability. I've heard this argument. Um, I, first of all, there was no book, chapter, verse mentioned so that we can actually interact with the text. Second of all, the, the, the other thing that he said was that sin, unless you know what sin is, it can't be held against you. So I'd like to see him instantiate that because that is 100% not what the scripture teaches. Are we saying that before the law of Moses, no one was able to sin? Like, that's a shocking statement um, that I would like some type of instantiation from. The third one is just making a claim that Calvinism is not Christianity. And I'm not even going to dignify that with a response because it's just ignorant grandstanding i guess I, I don't know the best word for it it's just it's something that a highly uneducated person would say um and so you know stanley i would encourage you to maybe crack a book go back to school uh something before you start going and just spreading nonsense i i, I i'm 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 flummoxed by how you call yourself an apologist when it's clear that you've never actually cracked open even one book at all since high well, school. Well, I was about to applaud everyone on this tenuous uh, attempt at not hurling insults, but all right, guess that's done. Stanley, go yeah, for it. I didn't take it personally. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I, I expected it and I'm used to it. Uh, he said I should crack that's sad. open a yeah, I should crack open a book. And he's telling me to give a reference point on when God said to the parents or to Moses that I will take these children who haven't known good or evil into the promised land. I have to give you a reference point. Well, you could use Google and you'll find that verse. 
But the fact that you you don't even know Stanley, about you could use this, Google and wait, I could finalize. I, I could finalize. Hey, Chris, I didn't interrupt you. Let's do one at a one at a time. Yeah, Chris, I didn't interrupt you. I didn't interrupt you. You said I came with a word. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, the fact that you don't even know about this in scripture is quite sad. And I didn't give only one reference point. I gave also Isaiah seven. I, I did give Isaiah seven as a reference point, saying that until Messiah knows between good and evil. So that is the age of accountability right there. And I gave another reference point where Paul said, God winks, winks at the ignorance of his people. So there's no judgment when he's winking at the ignorance of, of, of his people. So that is another verse that you need to address. And you have to give one reference point where it says having a sin nature equals sin. Because I already told you First John 3, 4 says sin is the breaking of, of the commandments of God. So how can you break the command of God if you don't know what the commands of God? And finalizing, finalizing, <laughs> by, finalizing, finalizing by saying, and he said, I need to uh, uh, open a book and read. My friend, uh, the word law means Torah and which means equal, equals instructions. So when you're trying to conflate the word law as to suggest that the law only came uh, on Mount Sinai, as if there was no instructions before that, it's quite sad because Noah received instructions. Abraham was said to have kept the laws uh, uh, of God, the instructions of God. Every single person before the uh, 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 before Mount, Mount Sinai received instruction from God. So thank you for showing your ignorance by suggesting that the law only means what was, uh, what was received on Mount Sinai. So I just educated you on what the meaning, according to the Hebrew, of the word law. It means instructions, and it's been instructions before Mount Sinai. Thank you. I mean, um, so I would say real quick that whenever you, uh, what was it you said? Um, the Lord winks means no judgment. I'd say that's dangerously close to you must cry tears of living water to be saved from baptized. Um, anyway, that's, that's my, that's, that's my only commentary. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to interact with him anymore. He's clearly ignorant. I mean, I, I, I mean, Oh, thank Jesus. All right. Who wants to talk next? Give yeah. us another question. Serendipity. What's so up? Stanley, you, you, are you saying glory to God? Yeah. Glory to God. I, yes. Glory to God. Pastor, let's leave it there. Serendipity. Say something quick. <laughs> oh, I came up here to smack Chris down, but he's being too mean. Oh, <laughs> I, I already did it. You don't have to do it. <laughs> oh, Stanley. And you, you, think you, you did, did a and good, that's your you delusion. did a good job. No, you did really a good didn't. job for why we why we don't you know smother our babies. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Serendipity. I don't know how to say your, your name, <laughs> oh but thank gosh. you. Oh um, here's the thing. Hoity -toity so, I thought Pastor had something to say. I think it was going to prolong you know this, but what the heck, go Pastor, ahead, go ahead. Pastor Sam, yeah. Was, Let's, we're in the mud. The, the statement that he made about Calvinism, are you saying that it has no scriptural basis? Is that what you're saying? Amen, amen. Anyone that says God uh, ordains uh, evil is uh, mischaracterizing the character of my God. Anyone that says that <laughs> is worshiping a different God. Anyone that claims that... Anyone who claims that, I know, you can laugh, but that's not a rebuttal. The maniacal <laughs> cackle of a godly Christian. Exactly. A godless Christian, a godless Christian, which is an oxymoron, which is an oxymoron. So, Pastor, as, as to uh, address your point, any person that claims our God uh, ordained uh, evil is not 
uh, uh, referring to the I'm just going to stop you. Right a different here. God. You have no idea what you're talking about, and you just keep spewing ignorance all over the place like a fire hose, and it's unbelievably hilarious. So, Michael, Westminster does... Confession, <laughs> Chapter Three: God uh, is not the author of uh, evil, nor is he does violence to the will of his people. My gosh, do you have any idea how to pick up a book and read? You are I said so ordained. Michael I said ordained. I said ordained. The... I said ordained. Hang on. <sighs> Michael, does this make you want to convert to Christianity? I know it shouldn't matter based on, you know, the Christians, because the whole thing is we're fallen, as if this is a master class on the human nature is fallen and we all need Jesus. Um, where stand you, atheist Michael? So is so it's funny, Nate. I sent you a message saying I know I know you're looking for you know uh, a wall to bang your head against, but to me this is delicious. <laughs> but 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 to me this is delicious. Um, and, and so it's interesting. So so since since we've set aside charity for a moment, um, I would say is the last few minutes, um, is is the best explanation for. I don't need to give more of an explanation. But the last few minutes is the best explanation for why people like my dear friend, Josh Bowen, who's in the audience, uh, will not uh, interact with with Stanley. Um, Stanley has a um, um, insert expletive uh, phallic word here, um, wanting to interact with you know someone who's a scholar and who has forgotten more about this stuff, including the languages, than our friend Stanley will ever know. Um, it, it's it, it's it's really interesting. But I, <laughs> while I disagree with everybody on this stage, I would never have the hubris to look at someone like Chris and say he's not Christian. I can't even not laugh. It's hysterical. Um, it, it's it, it's it's it is a glaring. Uh, example, like a, a moment ago, like a few moments ago, Stanley said, you know, not to lean, not to lean on, on your own understanding, but it, it's Isaiah something. I think it's Isaiah one something where the Bible says, uh, let us come and reason together. And that one word reason is a, is a big word that's being, that's I think been omitted from Stanley's vocabulary. Uh, if I could address that, cause I was attacked. Uh, I'm going to address that real quickly, Nate, if you permit me. Uh, sure. Number one, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to address, first of all, this. My own self help. Go ahead. <laughs> no problem. Is it too uh, late to that... abort myself? <laughs> uh, to address the, uh, why these so-called scholars don't want to address him is because I exposed them multiple times. Uh, he referred to Dr. Joshua, so-called Dr. Joshua Bowen, uh, 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 Dr. Kitt. So uh, I, I, Yeah, so-called. That, that's my perspective on it. Um, the same I person with Josh on a lot of stuff. Yeah, but Chris, can I finalize? I, I, I was gonna, no, I was gonna, I'm gonna address why he's a so-called. Chris, let, let no, the guy. No, I'm not gonna let you talk. Sorry. Well, I'm going to let him talk. So, calm yourself. Thank you very much, you, Nate. You guys said you wanted. To, you guys said you wanted to do this, so we're doing it. I, I want to do this least of all, but no one else has another, you know, question. So, can you just we're kick him it. so we can talk and have a I'm civil conversation? Yeah, I'll yeah, just kick yeah. both of you. All right, one more round. Stanley, you say one more thing. Chris, say one more thing, and then we will talk about anything right. else. No problem. Get one uh, more round of this. Thank you. I appreciate. Uh, so, as far as Dr. Joshua uh, Kip, uh, is the reason why he doesn't want to interact with me is because I exposed them on the fact that he claimed there was a uh, child sacrifice in the Bible, and I exposed them on that very issue. And you can find that on my channel or on 
um, on what's his name, uh, Mitvision, where he got exposed on the very word Nathan he claimed, which means to offer sacrifice and ask him to give me one other instance in the whole Hebrew scriptures where the word offer means to sacrifice and he couldn't find one. So that is the reason why he doesn't want to engage me because he would rather people to be blind, deaf and dumb as Michael is and repeat the same nonsense. But if you're gonna do an appeal to authority, well, that's a fallacy. What you need to do is to substantiate your claims. Like when I expose Michael's ignorance on so-called slavery in the Bible, which he couldn't defend, and all the all the other claims he made, which he couldn't substantiate. So that's the reason why they want to engage me and censor me is because I exposed the ignorance. So that's number uh, one. Okay. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm finalizing. I'm, fi I'm finalizing. Uh, same thing with Dr. Joshua Bowen. When I ex exposed him on so-called slavery. So that's the reason why he doesn't want to engage me. So uh, it's easier to say uh, and try to censor me but the fact still remains is that this is public information. Everybody could watch those interactions and see how they were panicking and choking and could not substantiate the claims they were making. So that's number one. And number two, Chris- Wait, you were you finalizing. Okay, no problem. Okay, so I thought he was going to invoke Chris, which he was about to, but we're not doing that now. You got one more round. So it was actually Michael who got invoked. So Michael, if you would like to respond, then we shall be done with this. I, um... Um, I'm really, I'm, I've, I've, I'm wiping the tears away from my face. Um, it, it's, Michael, it's, you got saved. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get, get, get baptized in here. Get baptized in here. He is. Um, He's down there watching. Uh, so, baptized. so it, it, it's so funny. Uh, a moment ago, Stanley said, Dr. Joshua Kipp. So he's talking about two completely different people. Um, and I don't need to say more. <laughs> Great rebuttal. Okay, great. <laughs> That's a, such a great rebuttal. Yeah. Why didn't you address the Nathan Oh, no, part? no, 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 no. We're, we're no, done, right? Everyone me. everyone agreed. Yeah. One and done. All right, Chris, hey, do you so have anything else you wanted to talk about? A dusty tome or say, a confession? or? All I have to say is, if Chewbacca is not from the planet Kashyyyk, <laughs> you must acquit. Great rebuttal. Oh, good Lord. Cameron, anything else on your mind? Yeah, I, I guess I did want to mention or maybe bring up the hermeneutics of Calvinism. And I guess my question is, is you're not, it, it, it regardless whether it's Calvin or a guy named Dr. Potato, what really matters is the hermeneutics that goes into the interpretation of Reformed theology, Calvinist theology. So are we saying, Stanley, that there is no doctrine, hermeneutical doctrine that we can use to interpret the Bible as closely as possible to its original interpretation. So I guess I'm a little bit confused on that. Good, good question. Um, I'm appealing to first principles, normative standards, and as you suggested, hermeneutics. And when I say he's not a Christian, as I was saying, uh, Michael was trying to propose, oh, Chris is a Christian. Yeah. When an atheist says you're a Christian, then you already should be a little shaky and uh, reconsider your position. Because if a person is appealing first principle to scripture as your reference point, uh, and you're not able to substantiate your doctrines or your standpoint from that perspective, then you cannot say you're a Christian. That's the point. So I'm here saying that according to 
uh, the Hebraic narrative, it is impossible to substantiate the uh, Calvinist uh, viewpoint. That's the point. Okay, wonderful. Uh, Apostle, uh, any of you, or Sean, would, do you have a different topic entirely? Yeah, I just want to say... Since today is the Passover. Since today is the Passover. Can we please talk about our Passover lamb? Jesus Christ. I, I yes, second that. that, but I do. <laughs> Stanley, I, I would love to talk to you, man. I, I'm I'm not a Calvinist, but I mean to say that Calvinists are not Christian. I think, I think, I think you're going too far on a secondary issue. Um, but I, I, I we could talk later. Yeah, we could talk later. We could talk later about this because I mean, Chris is our brother. Um, and I, I'm I'm really curious as to. <laughs> I can't talk right now. I got to go, but yeah. Yeah. For the record, were you saying Calvinists weren't Christians or just Chris? I, I'm saying that any uh, any person that uh, suggests that God ordained uh, evil is not a Christian. Okay, and Chris already said that that's not what Calvinism teaches, so I guess that... I disagree. I disagree with his claim. Cool. Well, okay. Well, I, mean, I mean, he's the one claiming it, right? So, I mean, it's like, well, I, I mean, mean, you just have a dispute over claims. Like, if you're saying, you know... I'm telling you what you believe. You're, you believe God is evil. And then the person is like, well, I'm telling you what I believe, and, and that's not how I believe it. And they're like, you're wrong. I know what you believe better than you. Well, I guess there's just a dispute of claims, which, again, I have no stake in. Um, anyways, uh, Chris, you were saying? Just, just, I, I, would say, I would say this. It, it, Stanley, if you're wrong, then you, you're causing division within the body, and that, that's, that's not, that should not be the case. I, gotta... I always like it when you talk, Lou. Uh, Chris, were Thanks, you Luke. speaking, or did you? I, I just, end? you know, like making up our own definitions of words is convenient, I suppose. So I want to make sure Welcome. I understand. I just want to make sure uh, I understand. Are you suggesting? Because uh, I, I, I'm willing to uh, recant my statement and, and and to apologize. Are you saying that Calvinists don't believe that God ordained evil? You said that 20 minutes ago. In what sense do you mean ordain evil in the sense that God is the author of evil or that God is sovereign over all things? In which case, what you're trying to say extremely badly is that you're taking on a planting a defense of free will. So you're taking on libertarian free will like Alvin Plantinga would in order to instantiate some type of out for God for the problem of evil. Is that what you're badly trying to do? Uh, I, I think I made it as simple as possible. It's a yes or no. Uh, well, yeah, you just don't understand. You don't even understand the issues at hand for me to even address your question. You, you simply are spewing, again, ignorance with words that you don't understand or have any any anybody else on the panel understand in my the question? Literature. Anybody else on the on the panel understand my question? I think it was as simple as possible. You're the one who's overcomplicated the, the situation. I asked a simple question: Did God ordain evil? Is it a yes or no? Uh, 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 question. So you could say yes, or you could say no. Can I ask a clarification question? And I know I just joined late, but can you define what evil is? Uh, are you Who's asking me? Yes. Anything that goes against God's will. <laughs> All right, can I respond to that? Sure, Daniel. And welcome, Fury. Jump in wherever you want. Nothing you say is going to be worse than what's been done here today. 
Lord. <laughs> um, I think the concept that God can ordain evil is not even a possibility. And I like the question, what is evil? Because evil would be a violation of God's will. So if it's God's will, it can't be evil because there's no higher standard above God. So whatever God says goes, goes. And the only people that can actually do evil is man because, you know, we're under God and we're, you know, we're not the highest standard. So the concept is, can God do evil? It's like, you know, you was talking about the babies, right? I personally have a different perspective on that, but, um, but if God decided to, you know, send babies to a place of torment, he wouldn't be evil. It would just be his will be done, right? Because there's no higher standard, you know, unless he made a word and he said he wouldn't do it, but he went back upon the word he did, you know, I guess because he would be his own, you know, but I, I don't understand the concept. That's like when people say that, I'm like, well... I mean, God does whatever he wants, and you can't label that evil because evil will be a violation of his will. So if he wills it, then it's not evil. Like, that's, that's like what I was saying yesterday. I'm like, well, I believe God defines what morality is. You know, you know, God sets up a command if we disobey that we were being immoral, whatever that is, you know. But, yeah, I just land that. Uh, did that answer anything? Yeah, I would add a little caveat to that. Uh, God uh, uh, does what he wills. I believe it with that. Uh, I agree with that. But whatever he wills is just. So it's not so to suggest that he's, she would be just by uh, sending babies to hell, knowing very well that, they, that uh, they were not aware of the difference between good and evil, is inconsistent with the Hebraic narrative. So if Jesus himself is judged according to his knowledge of good and evil as for Isaiah 7, I don't see why he would have a different standard for any other ch child. So I just well, we can defer. We can defer all the way back to where Chris said ultimately, which is the same thing I said, by the way. No one knows, right? So everyone can have their kind of their kind of things or their their hedges, but ultimately, no one absolutely knows, and that's that's the real answer. So no one could rightly, based on this conversation, say you know you have a bad understanding of the Bible because you believe all babies go to heaven or because you believe all babies go to hell. Because no one is ultimately saying that because no one ultimately knows. But we can say, you know, we think uh, this is more likely than not, but we could be wrong because the Bible is rel relatively silent about this. So the position all of us in this room are holding by what we've said is no one knows. So no one, no one can be pronouncing judgment based on, you know, saying you believe this or you believe that when we're all saying we, we don't actually know. Um, but one question in the chat real quick. We'll see. Here's, here's another attempt. Um, who was it? Cameron and someone was talking. Rich was talking about like I just saw the circular reasoning, like the Bible's circular reasoning because the Bible's true because the Bible says it's true. Um, that's lame, bro. So the Bible is historically validated because, and I already wrote a little bit of this, but because before there was the Bible, it didn't just magically fall out of heaven as a book. Like these are all independent authors and independent writers, and because each of them were in different places, different times, and they all speak and verify the other one which is pretty incredible because, you know, you have the apostles who were around the same things, even when Paul was on his missionary trips, et cetera, um, they, they could have coordinated. But when you've got prophecies and, you know, people from hundreds of years before and it's all speaking and then, you know, Jesus, the accounts all testify uh, that Jesus fulfilled these things. They did these empirical evidences that you asked for earlier, I think. And the fact that if anyone was disputing this, 
there's certainly like the Illuminati could not have suppressed every single dissent. And the fact that there is no dissent saying, Hey, I was there. I'm an eyewitness. You know, I've, I've hidden these writings away so I wouldn't be murdered by these people. They're crazy. And it's a cult and does never happen. You would think there would be one surviving writing out of thousands of copies and writings of the scriptures that actually do are what we have as the Bible. If they can do that good for thousands and thousands, if anyone had a problem with this and it wasn't true, there certainly would have been an account somewhere scribbled on a cave wall or something. But the fact that there's none, um, you know, there's always, you know, never say never, but compared to everything else we believe in history, um, this is by far the most verified thing on planet earth uh, we ever had as far as historical validity and records. Anyways, that's all. All right, continue your normal fight as was happening. If I may, if I may, <laughs> because I think I think we, the scripture can settle this. Um, Isaiah forty-five, uh, verse seven. I'm reading the Legacy Standard Bible. It says, "The one forming light and creating darkness, producing peace and creating calamity." I am Yahweh who does all these. Yeah, the Hebrew word there, calamity, is raw and does not necessitate. I I wasn't done talking. I didn't, like you said, you don't like people interrupting you. I sure don't like people interrupting me. Go on, please. Okay, thank you. But the Lord is clear because. Isaiah is, is writing here what the Lord is saying about this very subject that we're talking about. Does the Lord ordain evil? No, he created evil, but he doesn't ordain it. Are you done? Because I don't want you to say I interrupted uh, the word. I, God I did. Mean. I did. I, I, I said thank you. Um, <laughs> Apostle, I just want to but, oh, one, one, more, one more thing. I just, this is just for, okay, no. this one for Nate. Nate, why do you look like Brock Lesnar with a cross? <laughs> well, I, ex- I explained earlier that is that is not me. I know I've been going to the gym and stuff, but I'm not I'm not there yet. Um, that's that's a AI generated pope. Like people keep keep posting these images, and they're hilarious. Like I, they, there's some AI image generator, and people just type in like crazy stuff about the pope. And so this one was a uh, swole pope. So um, that is that is what you're seeing. He still looks like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> just before somebody else chimes in with something about hermeneutics in the Bible, I just want to go back to something that that uh, that Nate said a moment ago. Just be two seconds, really quick. Um, the you know the the differentiation between belief and knowledge, and it was said here a few minutes ago by a couple of different people. Right? We don't know. We don't know. And I think that's um, you're 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 immediately going to get. Um, more of my time, not that that's necessarily something you want, but you're going to get more of my time and respect when you are humble enough to say that, you know, I, I can't know this for sure. Or I don't know this for sure. Um, Cause I think that when we don't know, even given fallibilistic knowledge, um, when we don't know saying, I don't know is the only honest thing you can say. Yeah, I, I can say I do know. Uh, because of the scriptures I outlined uh, previously. So that's number one. Number two, Apostle uh, says uh, he creates Ra. The Hebrew word Ra means calamities as well. It doesn't entail anything evil. For example, the flood of Noah was a calamity. 
but it wasn't evil because it was a just judgment over those uh, uh, re uh, rebellious souls. So uh, I just want to make sure people understand that nowhere uh, does it suggest that God created evil. Uh, how are we all of a sudden so quiet? Why am I questioning this? I should embrace it. All right, take a breath, everyone. <sighs> Who's next? What's next? I, I just, I just I, think I, it's, I it, it might be the case that. Oh, sorry. I did read it in the scripture as calamities. Yeah, but you're you're suggesting that this calamity is somehow uh, associated to evil, and I'm I give okay, you an example. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm finalizing. I'm finalizing. I'm, I'm finalizing. Uh, I gave you an example of what a calamity is according to the Hebraic narrative. I gave you uh, the flood of Noah. That was just because they were doing evil. They were thinking evil 24-7, and they were doing evil. As per Genesis 6, evil 24-7. So that's why they, God is just in judging them and bringing a calamity, the flood, over that uh, rebellious generation. So that's not evil. Uh, uh, as per your uh, reference of Isaiah 45. See, and this is where I'd like to jump in for just one, just one second, Apostle. I, I promise I'm actually coming to your defense. This is why um, I would agree with what Chris said a few moments ago um, and why you had that brief moment of silence, uh, uh, Nate, is that I think it, it might be the case that people have come to the understanding that attempting to dialogue with, with Stanley is, uh, is untenable. When like just a moment ago, Apostle you know made it made a statement, and there was no ambiguity in a statement, and it was very very clear. And Stanley's next words were to attribute what Apostle meant or implied by what he was saying. So un unless Stanley can demonstrate, and of course this is rhetorical because he can't do this because it's not a thing, uh, has has access to Apostle's private mental states and what he actually meant, he's just projecting onto someone. And, and this is why, unfortunately, my, my charitability is gone, why it's a waste of time, energy, and valuable oxygen to speak to someone like this. Yeah. Uh, well, so there uh, are, uh, hang on, Stanley, hang on, wait, wait, wait. There are a couple people who have not said anything, so I would like to try yet again. Can, can, I, say, um, can, I, can I say one thing, Link? If you stab me in the face. I'll stab yes, you in the face. <laughs> All right. Uh, I know your time is limited. Yeah, oh, thank you, Nate. Um, ultimately, um, Apostle brought up something really good. Uh, last Friday, there was a holiday that happened. This Friday and this Sunday. We could talk about that. I would love to hear about that. Uh, Wonderful. Fury, do you have anything to say about uh, Passover or anything else, Fury? Well, I was going to comment on good and evil, but go ahead with the Passover. It's or do more, you have anything to say about that? Well, I think you... It, Arguing uh, if God created good and evil is is sort of like a. I meant about the Passover. Oh yeah, no, no, go ahead. You're... Well, I wanted to see what Mac uh, has to say too. Do you have a different topic, Mac, or Passover? No, nah, yeah, got it. I was gonna comment on what was already being given. Well, I'll say this one thing actually, and it's not like on the topic specifically, but in general, um, just kind of what you were saying uh, earlier, Nate. I think more emphasis should be placed on. Um, if we don't know, we can't be the judge of it. God is the ultimate judge of good and evil, just in general. So for us to see things that we would call evil, we don't have the full perspective that God might have. And if we know that God ordains something, it's like an oxymoron. If what is evil is something going against God's will, if he ordains it, then he willed it. How can it be evil? Um, and, and it may be perceivably evil to us in one way, 
but that doesn't give us a full perspective. So I think many times it's the humility to say, you know, I, I don't know. I couldn't possibly say for sure if this such and such act was evil or not, because I don't have the full perspective to judge it appropriately. All right, Pastor Mark, have you come up here to tell us something about Passover? Actually, I wanted to take a survey of the 12 guys on the stage and girls, and it is regarding Passover, and to see how many hold to a Friday crucifixion, how many hold to a Thursday crucifixion, and how many hold to a Wednesday crucifixion. And since there's 12 of you, I don't think there's time for a big explanation, but just give me a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. If, is that okay, Nate? Can I survey that real quick? Uh, sure, I'll say Friday. I could be persuaded that another day, but not enough to absolutely rule out Friday, so I'll stick with Friday, ultimately, um, whatever. My salvation is not depending on the hour of a certain calendar, but the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as a whole. All right, 11 to go. So he's the moderator, so he can explain like he did. But everybody else, just let's go in stage order. So Apostle, Pastor, Michael, Craig. Uh, Sean? I'm sticking with three days. Which which day? What, what, or... Yeah. yeah, how did you... You got to say, like if... say Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Well, if he dies on a Wednesday, then does that mean he's resurrected three days later, or he can still be resurrected on a Sunday? Right, we can have the discussion later, but I just wanted to get the views first. I wanted to get the views first. Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, so Sam says Friday, I guess. Yeah. Sean, uh, what do you think, Sean? I'm sticking with Friday. All right. uh, Michael, do you have a thought? Yeah, yeah, I think the historical individual probably on Friday. Uh, Chris? Friday. Stan? Yeah, I would say Wednesday uh, because uh, the Book of John says a high Sabbath, which is referring to the Moedim. No, no explanations, just Wednesday. Cameron. Friday. Lou, you may have to type it. I'm going to say Lou's going to say Friday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lou. Uh, Vangel. Friday, because somebody told me. (laughs) Uh, Mac. Oh, I, I wasn't paying attention to Charles in the chat, so my, my bad. When do you think uh, Jesus was crucified? Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday? Oh, yeah, I believe it was a Friday. So Friday Friday is the winner. Are you going to drop some knowledge on us, Mark? <laughs> um, not necessarily, but usually when I do something like that, um, this will be up to you, Nate, but usually I let the person with a minority view give an explanation. But since that's Stanley, I don't know if you guys want to let him do it or not, but... If you do, that would be interesting. I mean, Stanley, I would like to hear a super concise. Um, I mean, I know where you're going, but, you know, if you want to keep it super concise, because you've been speaking, I think, more than I have. So, uh, you know, in the interest of the other 11 people on stage, I almost said 11 apostles. <laughs> Wait, if there's 12, would that make you Judas? Uh, Stanley, would you like to explain the High Wednesday <laughs> thing real quick? I like the way that the Judas reference was very interesting. I'm going to do it real quickly. Um uh, basically, it's, uh, Jesus referred to the sign of Jonah, three days and three nights. And since from Friday night is not, and Sunday morning is not three days and three nights already there, uh, there's a problem for the, uh, the Friday reference. And it says in the book of John, uh, a high Sabbath, which refers to the Moedines as stipulated in Leviticus 23. And to finalize, um, just to uh, clarify what I said before, I made it clear that uh, Apostle was making a correlation between uh, uh, calamities and evil. That's the reason why I said 
uh, the Hebrew word is ra and does not entail evil. But Michael needs to remove the wax from his ears before he makes a statement. Thank you very much. Oh, gee, that was almost Christian sounding um, till the end there. Um, all right, Mark, <laughs> you've got your you've got your survey and the minority explanation. Yeah, thank you very much. Wait, was that it? <laughs> what do you, what do you think, Mark? Friday. Um, I actually um, hold to a Wednesday crucifixion, and if you'd like a better explanation than what I could give off the top of my head while I'm in the car here is R.A. Torrey, the apologist. And if you'd like, I can uh, post a link at the top if you moderate me, and I'll, I won't abuse the bean. Um, if you want to see a link to R.A. Torrey's article, it's only about three pages long, but it's a good defense of a Wednesday crucifixion. Could you, uh, could you throw it in the chat there to the side? Sure. What, Lou? Uh, no, I was just going to ask, Mark, is it because uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday really, I, I forgot how, how it goes. I think it's Wednesday is really Thursday, Thursday is really Friday, Friday is really, no, no. Saturday, I forget how it goes. It's been a while. Oh, I know Get what it. you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it has to do with when the Jews um, start their day. It also has to do with yeah. some of what Stanley yeah, yeah. mentioned. And it also has to do with, and then you say, well, what about the Sabbath? And how does that all fit? And uh, Tori lays out some information about that high Sabbath that was referenced. So I, I, it's very scholarly. And to me, it solves some of the problems of how you get three days and three nights with a Friday crucifixion, so. Yeah, technically it's the same, though. First time I've heard of Tory as being scholarly, but okay. So how do you get how do you get past him rising on the first day of the week? Did they have a different first day of the week than we had? I don't think it says that. Uh, it doesn't say he rises. It says that he rose on the first day of the week. That's what it says. Uh, can you quote it from Yeah, I can let me read it to you. I got it right here. Early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre. Is that enough? Uh, no, no, can you tell me where it says he rose on the first day of the week? It, uh, what it says from what I heard and from what I read is that they went down the first day of the week and he was no, no longer there. So he could have been rose in Saturday evening as uh, how uh, uh, the Hebrews count their days. It starts from evening to day, uh, evening to day. So can you show me where it says he rose on Sunday morning? Well, you got to try to be difficult, man. No, I'm just uh, keeping, I'm keeping it uh, to what the word says. You you said he rose on uh, Sunday morning. Show me anywhere in scripture where it says he rose oh on I Sunday morning. So much with the you just want to be difficult, but I'll get the rest of it. I mean, you know, I mean, that does, I mean, if you want to be really litigious, I mean, that is not a bad point. I mean, you know, because it does... Um, I mean, it does say at the first of the week they went there. It doesn't necessarily say he rose on the first day. So, you know, trying to take the, the points, not the person. Um, I mean, I think that's a valid question, right? Thank you, Nate. No, it, it, I'm starting to like you a little more. I'm starting it, to like you a little more. Because, it's not valid because when, 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 when you have people who want to just be right, regardless of what the scripture says, they're going to say whatever they want to say. So now, 
I read that. It should have been enough, the first part that I read. So I'm going to read another part. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, that's what it says. Good counterpoint. Uh, exactly I'm sorry. What, what, I'm sorry. What, what verse is that? This yeah. is Mark 16, verse 9. Now, what, read it again. Unless we got some other Jesus that was risen early the first day of the week, and we have some other week, which is what I was asking, is there a different first day of the week that they had than we had? Because this scripture says Jesus rose early the first day of the week. Good counterpoint. Senoy? I'm going to go read it right now. So you right. got to go. Um, you, you, you like the Hebrew Israelites. We <laughs> just read it to you. Instead of you just accepting what to say, you got to go read it to try to find some kind of way around it. No, no, I, I, I would like to be edified. So Mark 16, verse 9, right? And I'm not a Hebrew Israelite, so don't don't compare me to those fools. Just Mark like 16. Just like okay, no problem. Mark 16, verse 9, you said? 16 and 9. Okay, and while you. we're waiting for that, uh, Pastor Mark, so since you hold the, the Wednesday crucifixion, do you, like, is that a self? self thing or does do you do that like in your church like is everyone on board in your in your church with wednesday like do you celebrate like you know any passover or any type of that thing like on different days and people kind of have questions and wonder why or do you just you know keep everything as traditional friday saturday and sunday just because yeah that's a good question well it's definitely not a fundamental of the faith but i thought it would be an interesting discussion with the people we have from so many different um backgrounds I thought it'd be interesting to just hear if there was anybody else that had considered the Wednesday crucifixion and then some of what is being mentioned now about um, the clarity of his resurrection on the first day of the week that's what drives people to a Thursday crucifixion uh, if they're considering the arguments for Wednesday but then have some consideration to what um, Pastor Sam brought out there but at our church so um, we have church every Wednesday night so it's not a problem to have a good Wednesday service um, in our society at least where I live in America some uh, places of work will give people off on Friday uh, because of Good Friday and so I've been a part of Good Friday services and I don't have a problem with that and I don't go in there and preach Hey, it's the wrong day, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, we just rejoice in the in remembering the crucifixion, how wonderful it is that he gave his life and shed his blood for our salvation. So, so yeah, it's not a big deal, but it's very interesting to people who've studied, and I know some of the folks here have. So, well, Pastor Mark, that sounds like a very good uh, Christian thing you do to have your own belief and recognize it as a non-fundamental at all, and uh, also not run around, you know, screaming and challenging people. Just like the Bible says, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for the reference point. I just read Mark 16, verse 9. and I, I was specifically the... saying that because of this room today, including you. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of figure. I kind of figure it was uh, 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 an objection against me, but don't worry about it. Uh, just for the sake it's, of the it's people... an indictment on everyone and myself. It's no problem. I, <laughs> I, I don't take it personally, but I do appreciate the, uh, the hospitality and the opportunity to. Um, uh, bring to the attention of the people that's listening, Mark 16, verse 9. Uh, the, in the Greek, it says, proto-sabbatu. There's nowhere that it says the first day. It's the first of the weeks. When you go to Leviticus 23, verse 5, 
to nine is called the Feast of Weeks. So you count seven weeks until the day of Pentecost. So on the first of the weeks, which, you, which you're supposed to count during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it's only referring that he, ris he was risen on the first of the weeks, not on the first day of the week. That's why in the King James Version and, and all, every other translation, you will see uh, day in, in brackets. So the word day is nowhere in the Greek. So thank you very much, Pastor, for the reference point. Here we but go. nowhere is the word day there. Well, I'm just holding this together until I'm done with Fortnite, and then I'm out of here. Um, hey, so I Pastor post Sam, would you like? Oh, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I posted the link for Tori's article in the chat, and then I reposted it because there's lots of nonsense going on in the chat. You have oh, to scroll oh, up to uh, see the Coke yeah, bottle. So, Pastor, do yeah, you, do you, do you have a, a response to what I just presented? The fact that the word day is not there, according to the Greek? Well, it's, I, I would have to go and look to see because that, that's your opinion. Uh, I don't see uh, day in brackets in in any of my translations that I'm reading. Um, Greek and telinear. Everybody could do Bible yeah, Hub. Greek I, and telinear. Mark 16, I, verse 9. The word day is not there. First day, it says first. He appears first to Mary. Proto, Sabbatu. Proto means first. Sabbatu means uh, weeks. First. First of the week. Okay, so what would be the first of the week? Uh, as I stipulated, Leviticus 23 says the feast of not weeks. Leviticus. I'm not talking about Leviticus because Leviticus would be a time before the period in which Jesus lived. So what I'm no. asking is, in the time, this was my original question. Did they have a, a different first of the week than we have? That's the question. No, no. Uh, when it says first of the weeks, okay, it's directly, what, I, I'm just going to respond to you, first, Pastor. What is, what is the first of the week is the question. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you that. Uh, that uh, Again, I appeal to first principles, uh, normative standards, and uh, hermeneutics. If once, As soon as it says first of the weeks, we know what it's referring to. He's a Jew. Jesus is a Jew. Matthew is a Jew. Mark, not a Jew, but anyways. They're referring to the Feast of Weeks. I'm, I'm giving you Leviticus 23, which clearly stipulates what the first it, Feast it, of Weeks is. They're referring to the Feast of Weeks. What I'm asking you is, did they have a different first of the week than we have, just from what the text is saying? Didn't say, it didn't ask anything about whether they were Jews or any of that. I'm asking, did they have a different first of the week than we have? Did yeah, they have I, was the week longer or shorter than what we had, because his original question was asking us about days of the week. I went to the scripture that said the first day of the week, you have eliminated day and just made it first of the week. So now I'm asking you, what is the first of the week? What is the first day of the week? Okay, uh, again, uh, I didn't eliminate anything. Uh, anybody can yeah. go to uh, yeah, Mark yeah. 16. Uh, well, uh, pastor, Pastor, you, you already made your point. I'm just going to address it, and then you okay. can accept it or, or not accept it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Mark 16, verse 9. Everybody can do this for their own selves. Uh, study to show yourself approved. Mark 16, verse 9. Greek interlinear. Every Greek interlinear supports my position. Don't say I did no, it. Every Greek. Question. I'm answering um, the question. I'm answering the question, Mark, uh, Pastor. I'm answering the question. You don't have to accept it, and you don't need to be agitated. Mark 16, verse 9. I did not remove the word day. It's not there. That's the point. That's number one. And first of weeks 
refers to the counting of the weeks for seven weeks all the way to Pentecost. Seven weeks, seven times seven, 49. And then you reach the 50th, week, uh, 50th day, which is day of Pentecost. It's not the first time it's used in, uh, in, in uh, the Greek uh, manuscripts. You could see that in Acts 15 and Acts 20. Uh, same thing Paul uses that uh, same he on the first of the weeks, he's counting to what? Pentecost. So I give the reference points. Leviticus 23 explains what the Feast of Weeks are, seven weeks until Pentecost. You don't have to accept it, uh, but I just put my cards on the table. You put yours and let the people decide. Well, what day was... Um, I'm, I'm only, my only question, though, Stanley, you did all of this talking, but I'm trying to say, what day does the week begin on? It's a little... What did they have a different day that they began on their week than we had? That's a simple question. I just told you the word day is not there. So you're making, you're completing no, no, first sir. day of the week. So with first I'm just going to read something real quick. And then Chris, okay. you got that pillowcase ready? According <laughs> to Jewish tradition during the time of Jesus, excuse me, <clears throat> the first day of the week was Sunday. This is based on the biblical account of creation, blah, 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 where God rests on the seventh day, which is Saturday, making Sunday the first day. However, it's important to note that the Jewish calendar is based on the lunar cycle. One second, I can't mute. <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> For different reasons a minute ago. It's important to note the Jewish calendar is based on the lunar cycle, so the exact day of the week may have varied slightly depending on the phase of the moon. Okay, so what about during the resurrection? What day was that? Well, it says Sunday. So based on the lunar calendar, you know, the oracle um, seems to suggest that... Uh, it was actually Sunday. So the different first day of a week could have been different based on whatever lunar cycle it was. But specifically in reference to the resurrection, it seems that the stars and moons aligned. So um, the Internet tells me this first day was a Sunday. Um, I'm just reading this from the Internet. So do what you will with that. I um, am specifically looking for Jewish sources not based on the Bible. Um and also based on the Bible, and it has the same conclusion. So I, for the resurrection of Jesus, it, it says, according to the Jewish calendar and Jewish tradition, the resurrection would have happened on a Sunday. Uh, that's it. That's all I know. Can, can I ask Stanley a question really quick? I totally because, disagree, but okay. Yeah, I, I just want to ask you this question, Stanley, because you didn't clarify one aspect, though. You said it doesn't say day. It just says the first of weeks. And I understand your argument that you know, the Feast of Weeks is, you know, is uh, seven weeks, and then the Day of Pentecost is on that 50th day. And that day is a Sunday, the Day of Pentecost, but that's after seven weeks. So when you read the first of weeks, what do you think the first is referring to? The first what of weeks? The first counting of the weeks towards Pentecost. That's what it says. It, it's not giving first you, uh, 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 prof, Professor, I just want you to understand what I'm saying. It's not giving you a concrete day. It's not saying whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. All it's saying is on the first of the weeks, so on the, it could be between Monday or Sunday, or Sunday to mon, uh, sat, su Sunday to mon, uh, Saturday. It could have been any day. That's basically saying, but I, I know which day it was, but, but that's beside the point. The point but, is, but Stanley, it's saying on the first weeks. First of I think weeks. you missed my point. I think you missed my point. My question is, I asked you the first what, and you said the first counting. Well, we know that it's counting. Counting what? Count Are you saying the first day? The first what? Because the first day... Of weeks is Sunday still. So what the first what is my question? To no, you? first, first, let me make it clear one more time. In Leviticus 23, it says you must count seven weeks, right? So when it says on the first of the weeks, basically all it's saying is on the first week, on the first uh, interval of seven days. 
That's basically what, so it could be any. It can, uh, wait, days. wait, professor, professor. It could be any of the days within that seven. Uh, it could fall within any day within that seven day interval. So on the first of the week, so if any day within that interval, um, Jesus rose. That's basically what he's saying. So to try to conflate that with day is problematic according to every Greek interlinear. And last thing, the lunar Sabbath, uh, lunar cycle has no impact on the intervals of seven days. So I don't know what reference point, uh, and I say that with all due respect, Nate, uh, I don't know what uh, what source you were reading. Anybody that says a lunar uh, monthly cycle has an impact on the interval of seven days is really not logical or re reasonable. Well, wouldn't it be seven days from that day? So if the lunar cycle, whatever it said, uh, you know, the first day was, count seven, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just parroting what I read. But wouldn't that go, you you would start counting at the time of the first day, right? So then if that ended in, in hours, so like if it's not a cycle that changes days so much, would it change hours? So like the seventh day, maybe an extra four hours, for example. And then after you had a couple days that were really long, then the next one, that, like, could that be how it gets off track? I certainly don't know or care. No, it doesn't. Uh, you could... Uh... You could add a month of 30 days or a month of, you could have a month of 30 days, 29.5 days, 28 days. It doesn't ever impact the interval of seven days, ever. So I don't know what source you were referring to, but anyone who says that is, has a serious problem because it's, because basically what you're referring me to is the Babylonian cycle or the Sumerian cycle, which did have an impact on which day, uh, for, uh, they would add an extra one or two days to the last week for it to align directly with the cycle of the moon. Hebrews never did that. The, the monthly cycle never had an impact on the intervals of seven days. So I, I don't know who said that. I don't know what the source is. The internet. Ever said that? <laughs> yeah, the internet is not a good reference point. Well, what, but it's what okay. is your reference point? Can you point uh, the us Hebrew to scriptures. a scholarly? The Hebrew scriptures. Can you Hebrew point scriptures. us to a scholarly work that is showing that that is the case? Or can you point us to the exact book, chapter, verse? Okay, I, I could refer you to T.J. Pinter's uh, uh, Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, 1919, that says the Babylonian cycle, uh, the Babylonian cycle had a, a lunar cycle for the first three weeks or seven days, and the last week they would add an extra one or two days for it to align with the cycle of the moon, which is different from that of the Hebrew uh, 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 um, cycle. Why? Because this interval of seven days never changed. So I'm giving you a scholar, T.J. Pinter's. Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, but anybody who knows the Hebrew Scriptures but knows that not, I, I'm finalizing. Not. I'm finalizing. Anybody who ever read the Bible, you told me to read a book. Anybody who ever read the Bible knows the seven-day cycle is never changed by a monthly cycle. Never. I don't think anyone's making that claim. Uh, I guess you weren't paying attention to what Nate said because his ref, uh, his source was suggesting that the monthly cycle had an impact on the seven-day cycle. That was the point. So I guess you weren't paying attention. Yeah, the question, though, what I ask you is, what is the first day of the week? That's Sunday, uh, as we know it in the what Gregorian calendar, but that has nothing to do with the, the passage. First, was it the first of the week in Jesus's day? You're, again, conflating first of no, the week with first day of the week. I'm asking you a question. Yeah. And just conflate and say, I don't know. Or tell me what it is. That's all I'm asking. No, I understand. But your your question presupposes that the first of the week equals the first day of the week. And I'm telling no, you, no, 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 it doesn't conflate anything. I'm asking you, when is the first of the week? What day is the first of the week? 
Yeah, or, uh, uh, again, or, again, you said the first or, or you can give me the second day of the week. But I need to know, because when you say the first day of the week, then I say, well, what is the middle of the week? And what is the end of the week? So I'm asking, just really simple, what yeah, is pastor. the first day of the week? For okay. the day that Sunday Jesus is the first day of the week. Was it the first day of the week in that day? The first day of the week has been forever Sunday. That's number one. Once you compare the Hebrew calendar with the uh, with the Gregorian calendar. I just had a discussion with a professor who was asking me which day did uh, the uh, did the resurrect, uh, resurrection take place in accordance to the Hebrew calendar, which is referring to the first of weeks, which has nothing to do with the first day of the weeks. First of weeks. And I just said it could have uh, uh, fall within okay. the interval of seven days. Any uh, hey, hang on, wait, wait, hang on. Let me say one more thing, and then I'm gonna end this because I have to run and also feed myself through an alligator. So, um, some <laughs> of the sources I found this is, um, ah, hang on, gotta run from the storm, run from the storm. Um, okay, sorry, Fortnite battle. Okay, so one of the sources, and by the way, you know, I, I'm gonna use the same argument for this now because it's it's more apparent. Like, you know, whenever we talk about the Jewish law and the Leviticus, all this stuff, I'm like, look. We obviously think the Jewish people got some things wrong, you know, the ones who wanted to crucify Jesus. We think they missed a few things. However, you know, for their day-to-day -day life, for their, their laws and the rules and the things they actually did, their culture, we should definitely trust them to know their own stuff. Um, I don't see why that doesn't apply here because the sources I, like, dug around and um, where they're pulling from is exactly these people's, you know, history and how they knew their lives. So, for example, write this down, or I could just cut and paste it. Um, the Menashna or whatever uh, and in this is the Tactate Rosh Hashanah. This tractate discusses the rules and regulations for determining the new moon and the beginning of the month in the Jewish calendar. Specifically, Chapter 2 discusses the criteria for establishing the new moon, and Chapter 4 discusses the procedures for declaring the start of the new month. Source 2. The Talmud! Say it with me. Talmud. Not our book, but theirs. Tractate Shabbat. This tractate discusses the laws and customs surrounding the Sabbath day, specifically chapter 23, discusses the various types of work that are prohibited on the Sabbath, and chapter 24 discusses the rituals and practices associated with uh, the observing the Sabbath. So it seems like the most helpful one would be the Mishnah, whatever, M-I-S-H-N-A-H, tractate Rosh Hashanah. So there you go, in chapter 2 and chapter 4, that is the sources cited for this. I have done more work than I should have had to do. Thank you, ChatGPT. Thank you, Nate. Look at my PCR. Take that thought with you for the rest of the. Hang on. Let me just let me let me copy this and I'll I'll put this in um the thing real quick. Yeah, put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. GPT. Huh? Does that credit ChatGPT? Yes, that is the rabbi that I use. Yeah. Thank you for the. Thank you for the reference point and for the people in the chat that saying uh, it's not first of the weeks, but first of week in the singular, it doesn't change much in my argument. So Dr. Uh, so-called Dr. Joshua Bowen and the other people, it doesn't change anything. The first of the counting of the weeks or the first of that week, which is to be counted, is the same thing. It doesn't matter singular or, or, or plural doesn't change my argument, but thank you. Oh, goodness. All right, hang so, on. So could I, could I have a minute to just prove that it is talking about the day and not weeks? Uh, like yeah, hang on one second. There's there's okay. more stuff, too. Um, I didn't want to use the Bible because, you know, we're having issues. Christian doesn't want to use the Bible. It's not what I'm saying. But for this case, because, um, you know, he was talking about, like, the interlinear and stuff. So I, there's more after it gives the Bible sources. As far as other research, whose people this law actually is, 
The Origins of the Christian Calendar by Thomas G. Talley. This book provides an uh, in-depth look on the relationship to the Jewish calendar, the celebration of the Sabbath. Um, the Jewish Calendar, Its Structure and Its Laws by Rabbi David Feinstein. This book provides a detailed uh, explanation of the structure and laws of the Jewish calendar, including its history and methods for determining the start of each new moon. Um, the New Testament and the Mishashta by Jacob Neuser. This book explores the relationship between the New Testament and Jewish world tradition, including the Mneshna and the ways they each influenced each other. So there you go. There was plenty of sources. I'm going to paste this real quick. And uh, yeah, whoever said they wanted to speak for a minute, go for it. And uh, whoever wants this stuff in chat, um, it's there. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say um, the argument is really, the argumentation is really around the use of the word prote. And that um, intrinsic to the word, uh, Stanley is arguing that it doesn't say day, and the word is just saying first. So when it says first sabbatal, it's saying first week and not the first of the week, uh, first day of the week. But the thing is, and this is why, you know, you have to cross-reference this through other uses throughout the Koine Greek. You see also in Matthew 26, the same term is used, prote. And I'm going to just read the verse real quick so we get it in context. <clears throat> it says, and it's translated to say David, it's saying, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came together and asked Jesus, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So we know this is preparations to eat the Passover, right? But it doesn't say day, it just says prote again. So it says, on the first of the festival of unleavened bread. Now, the thing is here, it has to be referring to a day even though it says prote, because we can read in Leviticus 23, 4 through 8, where, you know, details the uh, Passover and unleavened bread. It says, these are the feasts of the Lord. Holy convocations will you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th of the same month is the feast of the unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. On the what? On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be the holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. So we see the reference there to days. And then here in the New Testament is referencing that same day without saying day. It just says the first. And we know that it's that same day. So um, to, to say that because it says protein, it doesn't say day, that gives us license to assume that means the first week would be unfair to other areas in the uh, Koine Greek where it doesn't do that same thing. So that doesn't validate the rule that you're trying to establish. Good point. Okay, on that Good note, point. everyone, thank you for being here. What I, I don't know, Michael, you want to send us off? What do you think? Are you are you crying with laughter or are you, um, are you taking a piece of humble pie because you know this is going to happen to you later when atheists are all fighting about who's the wrong type of atheist? Um, maybe a little column A, a little column B. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm kind of working in the background and fighting the urge to apply a diagnosis. I'm not, I'm going to forego my, my temptation to ask who and what for, but anyways, have an awesome, whatever day is this Wednesday? Have a good Wednesday. <laughs> Cheers. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Don't feed that alligator too quick. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm not here tomorrow, you know why. Just kidding. The position of asking Christians, don't feed yourself to an alligator.